All right. I have a question for us, and I'm hoping one of you can answer this. Uh, how did scattered churches start at CBC, and um, what are they? Someone answer that question? I can answer that one. Aren't they in a... Aren't they a, um, a church, a body of church, is an example of the love of God and Jesus? So we, we, for a long time, had specific groups at CBC called Scattered Churches. And I was hoping someone could tell us the story of how those got started and why and what they were. Certainly they were local Bible studies for various groups geographically. There was the northern the Hudson, I think, there was the Southern, and people who lived in those areas would meet once a week for Bible study. Um, I think there were three, is that right? I don't recall, but I do remember that we did it because people were so scattered in our church. Yeah. And people were not coming to the Wednesday night prayer meeting, so they decided to have local groups meet. And there was not only Bible study, but there was a lot of prayer involved also. Uh, I know because well, I used to tell who who went where. <laughs> yeah, and there was a central scatter. Janet knows. Janet, speak up. Um, yes, uh, it actually it started during the gas crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, when uh, I'm not sure what the date was, but you all remember you had certain days you could go and get gas, and um, so we decided we would uh, try a scatter church for those who are in the northern part of the county and and the southern and we would also uh continue with uh one at the church as well so that people would not have to travel a lot and use their gas and i think that was the main uh reason for for starting it and it it uh went on for several years and um then it sort of uh, waned a bit, and uh, we still have groups similar to that, but we don't call it Scatter Church like we have H2H and and other groups that that meet. Uh, but that was the original idea, I believe. Thanks, everybody. We we pieced it together, and <laughs> Janet pulled it all together for us. So. Today, maybe we would call them small groups, but the interesting thing is I think it they probably started in the 70s. That's when the gas crisis was, and small groups weren't mainstream till the 80s. I went back and double-checked my history on that. So scattered churches were pretty innovative and even radical for the church back at that time. Maybe radical is a little too strong of a word, but um, they were definitely something new, and that's what I'd like to talk to us about today is scattered church. Because we've been scattered again, haven't we? This time by COVID. And again, we're having to innovate. We're having to adapt. But let's start with scripture as as we get into this topic. The book of Acts. I want to lay a a scriptural foundation to help us think about what it means for the church to be scattered. Because God's people have been scattered many times before. 
And by the way, if you notice the last few weeks, we're back in the book of Acts. We've been reviewing some passages in Acts that we've looked at before when we did our series on Acts last year and, and into the early part of this year. And I'm anticipating that Sunday after next, we're going to dive back into the book of Acts where we left off in, in the end of chapter 12. But today's passage is in, in Acts chapter, the end of chapter 7 and the beginning of chapter 8. So let's see, those verses are 759 through 84. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there. And our passage today describes what happened in Acts as a result of a leader among the early followers of Jesus being stoned to death. This leader was Stephen. He was the first Christian martyr that we know of. And after Stephen's death, we read that a persecution broke out against the early followers of Jesus, and it scattered them. It was spearheaded by a guy named Saul, who we later know as the Apostle Paul, but at this point, Saul is totally against Jesus. And so, as a result of this persecution that he is giving leadership to, we read in Acts 8.1, all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And then in verse 4, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Verse 1, scattered. Verse 4, scattered. The church was scattered. And gathered and scattered are actually two words, two important words, when we think about what it means to be church, to be God's people. Gathered is the one that we tend to be uh, more familiar with and that we tend to prefer. Gathered is cozy. Gathered is relatively comfortable. It's warm and supportive. And we prefer it for good reason. Uh, after all, the Greek word for church is ekklesia, and ekklesia's root meaning is a gathering, an assembly. Gathering together is right here in the word that we use to describe ourselves. A church is a gathering. Not a building, not an institution, but a gathering of people. We also prefer being gathered to being scattered because gathering is what we're destined for. It's what we're looking forward to in, in the future. One of the main future hopes that are held out by the prophets to God's people is the day when Christ will come back and gather all of his people together from east and west, from north and south, and we'll all have a huge celebration together. And this hope, this future promise that, that though we may be scattered now, we'll be gathered in the end, it goes all the way back to the Old Testament. For example, Deuteronomy, right at the beginning of the Bible, talks about the blessings and cursings, the good things and the bad things that will happen to God's people, depending on whether they're faithful to God. And the cursings involve being taken away into exile, being scattered across the earth. That's right there in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy uh, 30, verse 4, God promises his people in that context that if you are scattered and you repent, if you turn back to me, I'll forgive you and I'll gather you again. So let me read that, Deuteronomy 30, verse 4. Even if you've been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. Well, going all the way to the other end of the New Testament, or sorry, the Old Testament, Nehemiah, centuries and centuries later, 
the people of, of God have been scattered. They are in exile as a result of what Deuteronomy had, had uh, warned. And now Nehemiah is praying for them. And in Nehemiah 1 verse 9, he prays to God, remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. So being gathered back together, it was an amazing hope in the, for the future, for God's scattered people in the Old Testament, and, and it still is. Because when we get to the New Testament, God's people are still scattered, a lot of them, all around the Roman Empire. They're uh, called the Jewish diaspora at that time. And diaspora actually comes from the Greek word meaning scattered. And, and it's in this context that Jesus promises in, in Matthew 24, 31, his famous prophecy on the Mount of Olives about the future. Jesus says, talking about himself, when the Son of Man comes on the clouds of heaven with power and glory, he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. This is the same hope that the Old Testament people had, but now it's been extended to all God's people, uh, to followers of Jesus too. In the end, we will all be gathered back together. And so that's what we look forward to. No wonder we like gathering. But gathering is not the only mode or form that followers of Jesus exist in. The church also exists in scattered mode. Scattered church is a thing in the Bible. And we see this in, in our passage today as Jesus' followers are scattered. Now, you might be tempted to say, yeah, but it sounds like scattering is a bad thing. I mean, in the Old Testament, they were scattered as a punishment. And in the New Testament, they were only scattered because they're being persecuted. They had no choice but to run for their lives. Well, that's how it seems. But before we jump to that conclusion, let's step back now that we're back in the book of Acts, and remember the bigger story that the book of Acts is telling. Do you remember when we were in Acts earlier this year, I reminded us again and again of what the outline of the book of Acts is. Acts is a book about mission. It's the story of Jesus sending his people on mission. And the key verse to how the book of Acts is structured is right in chapter 1, verse 8. Let me start in verse 6, though, and work toward it. So in Acts 1.6, we read that then Jesus' apostles gathered around him, note that word, gathered, and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? That's what the Jews were looking forward to, what the prophets had foretold, and what Jesus had predicted, as we saw in Matthew 24, that one day God would gather all his scattered people from the four corners of the earth and bring them all together and set up his eternal kingdom, and Jesus' apostles want to know, is this finally going to happen now? And how does Jesus reply? Verses 7 and 8 of Acts 1. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, 
and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Go, be my witnesses, Jesus said. Someday, you don't need to know when, someday God will gather everyone together. But for now, you've got a mission. Go and spread the good news about me. Is, is this ringing some bells if you were with us back in the winter when we, we were looking at the book of Acts? This is the outline of the book of Acts. Acts is the story of how Jesus's followers go and witness to Jesus first in Jerusalem, then in Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. Okay, so back in chapter 8 now in our passage, where are we in that outline? Where are we in the story when we get to Acts 8? Well, we're still in part 1 of the story that took place in Jerusalem. Up to chapter 8, Jesus' followers have been witnesses to Jesus there through their words and by the way they live their lives. But we're eight chapters in, and they have never left Jerusalem. They've never gone anywhere until verse 1 of our passage today, where we read, On that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Scattered where? Judea and Samaria. That's where they were supposed to go next, right? First Jerusalem, then Judea and Samaria. But they didn't go on their own, did they? Until persecution scattered them. They remained gathered until finally circumstances, bad circumstances, scattered them. So question, why didn't they go on their own? Why did it take being scattered to Judea and Samaria against their will for them to go there? Well, let me make four suggestions. These are probably guesses as much as anything. First, maybe it was their comfort. We like to be gathered. It's comfortable. We like our friends, our loved ones. We've got jobs. We've got security where we are. Being scattered means risking losing all that. Well, the second reason that they may not have wanted to scatter was fear. It can be scary to be scattered. Who knows what we'll encounter in all those other places? How will we support ourselves financially? And then a third reason they may have resisted being scattered is prejudice, racism, Samaria. They were to go to Samaria. If you know anything about how Jews and Samaritans got along, they hated each other. Why would the Jews want to go there to Samaria to help those people? Well, then a fourth reason that they may not have wanted to be scattered is their theology. The early disciples' theology, which was rooted in the Old Testament, saw being gathered as a good thing and being scattered as a bad thing. They believed that God's people would shine like a light in Jerusalem and that all the other peoples of the earth would come to them. Sound familiar? Isn't that theology still strongly ingrained in churches today? If we're faithful, if we do a really good job, people will come to us. We don't need to go to them. There's only one problem with this theology, and that is that Jesus told them, and us to go. 
He specifically told us, in effect, don't wait for them to come to you. You go to them. Go to Jerusalem, but then go to Judea and Samaria. Go to those at the ends of the earth. Go to all nations. But the earlier believers said what most of us say later. (laughs) We'll get to it, maybe. I'm sure we will eventually. But we need to learn more first. We need to grow more first. We need to help our own people first because we like to be gathered. And we even spiritualize it and theologize it and maybe don't admit to ourselves how much it's really about our comfort and our fear and even our prejudice. Well, finally, in the book of Acts, Jesus' followers are scattered. Ready or not, they're scattered by persecution to do what Jesus had already told them to do. They're scattered to go out and gather others. As Acts tells us in verse 4, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. They finally did what they were supposed to do. They scattered to Samaria and Judea to be witnesses to Jesus there. And so this is what kicks off the second main section of of the book of Acts, which is all about how the followers of Jesus witness to Jesus in word and through their actions all around Samaria and Judea. And that's what Acts 8 to 12 is all about. And that was where we ended our study of Acts in chapter 12, uh, back in the winter, just as they were about to go beyond Judea and Samaria to the third section of the book, where they took the gospel to the ends of the earth. And that's what we'll pick back up with in chapter 12, uh, God willing, in a couple weeks. And so the book of Acts is the story of how Jesus's followers are not only gathered, but also scattered. Gathered for worship, gathered for fellowship, but also scattered for a mission. Both gathered and scattered. These are both modes and forms in which God's people can function and need to learn to function. We tend to like gathered church, but we also need to learn to embrace scattered church, like the early CBCers did in the 1970s in response to the gas shortages, and like we have the opportunity to do again thanks to COVID, or no thanks to COVID. So what does today's passage teach us? I think its message to us today is this. Embrace scattered church. Embrace it. Sure, most of us like gathered church better. But scattered church is a thing too. It's a legitimate mode. It's an important form in which church can exist. So embrace scattered church. God's people also need to be able to exist in scattered form, so that new people can be gathered in as well. So how do we embrace scattered church? Well, for one thing, we embrace scattered church by embracing mission, by embracing outreach, by embracing witness. That's clear from Acts. But let me also point out, if if you read Acts 8 to 12, that, that scattered church doesn't mean to be alone. It just means to be small. The early believers weren't scattered individually. If you read the book of Acts, they were scattered in small groups. Scattered church does not mean alone. It just means small. 
To embrace scattered church means to embrace smaller expressions of church. First, um, mission, and then second, small. So I want to look in that, that, that in the, the time that we have left, these two aspects of, of what it means to be scattered church. First, it means embracing mission, and second, it means embracing small. So embracing mission, this is something that, that we at CBC have been trying to do already, right? We've been sending out a weekly mission challenge for weeks now, a weekly idea of, of something that you can do to reach out to your neighbors, your coworkers, your family, others. And it's been so encouraging, though we, we haven't been able to do every Sunday, from time to time we've been sharing some of the stories of, of how various ones of us have been reaching out to those around us and the opportunities we've had. I know um, also at least four little groups, some of you have started where you're getting together with a friend or two or three, often on Zoom, and you're looking at the Bible together with them, and you're helping them to, to get to know who Jesus is for the first time. And that's so exciting. All because we're scattered. And God allows us to be scattered for the sake of mission so that we can live out and so that we can speak about the good news to, to new people and in new ways. And this takes courage, it takes creativity, but it's exciting. And it's how ultimately God gathers others in to be a part of his family as he scatters us to share the good news. So let's keep it up. So that's uh, scattered for mission. The second thing, though, is scattered means small. That to embrace scattered church means to embrace small. It means getting together in twos or threes or eights or tens, maybe. And the important thing isn't ex the exact size, but it's the intentionality and the consistency of gathering with a few. We can't follow Jesus all alone. And we can't be alone as human beings. We're made for community. We get lonely. We need others. And so who are you connecting with? Who are you gathering with in smaller groups? Whether it's outside on a porch or a deck or whether it's for a walk or a jog six feet apart from your jogging partner. Again, it takes some creativity because right now we, we need to think small. Several of you have, have asked in the last few weeks, when we'll start gathering again for big worship services, which, which we'd long love to do. And, and here's the situation as, as the, er, the elders have prayed about it and thought about it. Given the narrowness of our sanctuary, when we do the math, we have to space people six feet apart. We would be able to fit less than 20 people in our sanctuary. Um, if we allow for families to sit closer together than six feet, we might be able to raise it to 30. But it's quite limiting, and so for that reason, and because many of you are not comfortable yet gathering inside, the elders feel that, that for right now, Zoom continues to be our best option for all gathering together. And so in terms of getting together in person, we need to think small. And let me suggest a couple ways to do this. One way is, you've already seen this morning what a couple of families are doing in, in their backyards, having backyard church gathering with a handful of others in a backyard on a Sunday morning to worship and fellowship together. Let me suggest another way too. How about picking a prayer buddy or two? Two or, two or three people who can um, get together, maybe for a walk or maybe sitting outside somewhere or doing a project together outside and catching up, um, doing a project, taking time to share uh, what God's teaching you, 
um, taking time to pray together. If this is something that you'd like to try, but you need um, some resources, a little training on how you would go about this, um, feel free to let me know, and I'd be happy to make sure that, that you had what you needed to start. Um, scattered doesn't mean alone, but it does mean small. It did back in the 1970s, at least for the weeknight services when CBC started Scattered Churches. And it does again today, no thanks to COVID. So let's embrace Scatter Church, even as we pray that God brings this pandemic to an end so that we can begin to gather again. Let's pray. God, um, we admit that like your people in the book of Acts, we prefer to be gathered rather than to be scattered. We know it wasn't difficult at them at all for them to be scattered, to be nomads in a way. But yet they brought joy with them. They brought good news with them. And they started new groups of Jesus followers everywhere they went. They shared good news. And so you spread and you gathered your, your people together all around the Roman Empire. And God, sustain us as we're going through this time of being scattered again. Give our elders wisdom as to when it will be the right time for us to get back together. In the meantime, give us patience with the technology that we're using. And give us creativity and courage to embrace scattered church, both in terms of mission and in terms of connecting with one another in smaller groups. God, we need... Some of us are weary. We need your resources to have energy and creativity um, for new and creative things. And so we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.